Hello and welcome to the Conscious Diva podcast. I'm Tatiana and joining me today is my old childhood friend, Satsiri Rachel. And today we are going to be talking about living our truth and living with grace. And welcome, Rachel, and thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Tatiana. It's really wild and beautiful and heartwarming to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as you know, this topic of living our truth came about from our discussion on Yogi Bhajan a few weeks ago. So firstly, I wanted to just say thank you for your willingness to discuss this topic and bringing it to me in a much um, bigger way. How do you personally live your truth and live with grace when you know that there's truth to these abuse allegations with Yogi Bhajan and I just think well just let's just jump right in <laughs> that's all that's all that's all um, thank you for the question you know I um as I said to you it's really important for me and for all of us um that have practiced kundalini yoga that teach um to do this really deep self-inquiry in what it means when a spiritual teacher has harmed so many people. The bad news is that um, I remember one of my girlfriends said, when these abuse allegations, and now we know that they are true, came forward, when the women came forward, one of my girlfriends said, oh, I was searching and searching and trying to find a path of yoga that didn't have this in it. And she said, Satyananda, Shivananda, Muktananda, more modern. Um, Patabi Joyce. Patabi Joyce, um, Muji. So the age that we live in and how people have not handled power well, especially men, especially the patriarchal structure of mostly men, especially in the spiritual and yoga world, being the leaders, and then handing over your trust to them that they have something that they can give you. Um, this sickness, if you like, and this um, harm is much more common than any of us wish it was, want it to be. So anyway, we, I had this interesting conversation with my girlfriend that is ongoing, of course, of, wow, there isn't a path today. There isn't a spiritual path. There probably isn't any industry or organization in the modern sense that doesn't have sexual abuse and harm in it. So we can try and find a path that doesn't have it, or we can do our own reckoning in unpacking what is beautiful and true and what is harmful and unnecessary. And that's not an easy path. And I have um, shed so many tears and um, been full of rage over these last 18 months with my own process. I've been in therapy with it. I have had so many countless conversations with people because I have always been interested in truth and what things mean to me. Mm, there's so many parts to, to your question. So to answer it um, the best that I can, because I think that I'm still in process with it, right? Yeah. Uh, anything that is active, mm, any relationship breakup you have, any big change you have in your life, 
I believe when someone dies that is very close to you, you are continually in process. You may not want to really admit that because it's not very convenient. We like as human beings to go, this is how I feel about this. And this is my stand. And then that's it. Right. But the truth is it's much more gray than that. And so I went through a time last year in my authentic process where I was um, in the middle of a teacher training when all of these allegations came forward. And so I had these honest conversations with these students um, actually before it really came forth because one of the women had called me personally so um, to tell me her story. So we had lots of honest conversations. We had lots of tears and anger, again, of those students saying, I thought this was my safe place. And me too. I'm like, F you. I thought this was a safe place that I was bringing people and women to. And really, like, I have to freaking explain another man and his, you know, mistakes and harm. Jeez, I wish yeah. we could be done with that story, right? And I think um, it's, it's particularly difficult for a teacher who didn't necessarily directly witness or experience and only received a positive experience. I think it's often it can be almost it's difficult for the person that experienced all all the abuse personally but someone who didn't it's almost it's what how can this be mm-hmm. what do you mean this happened how can this person do this because i i only had this amazing experience with him or her so that polarity of the darkness and the light um can you talk about that like just from because your journey you did study under him but yet you maintained a separateness mm. from him and and i wondered if that came from the fact that you were already strong in who you were you'd already had a career as a ballerina you had had you came into the this the kundalini as taught by yogi bhajan path um, perhaps from a different mind space than maybe other people and, and not to say at all that if you were because uh, I want to be very clear about that you, you don't have to be in a weakened mind state to be um, susceptible to abuse Mm-mm. no but you bring up a really valid point and I really recognized that last year when all of us were having these conversations and this is not from a higher or lower point of view at all, as you as you just said so beautifully. What I recognized last year when I heard other colleagues of mine saying, oh, wow, we really have to come back to this being our practice and, and experimenting with what is true for us. What have I experienced? What can nobody else take away from me? What had I believed that he had said and I didn't really believe anyway, but I thought I had to. So what is the true reckoning of me living my spiritual path and my truth? And many of my colleagues were saying that they were taking their pictures down from their home um, of him, from their altar. And I remember thinking, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And I looked around my house and I didn't have one. And I was like, wait, what? I had all of these feminine expressions of the divine. And I think my going through my divorce four years earlier started my internal um, 
process of, wow, I have all of these internalized patriarchal men know better, men are the power um, uh, patterns from my generations gone past that I didn't even realize I had. I thought I was this independent woman in charge of my life. And I was in many ways, but it was only when I was married that the, it more subtly came up of these deep beliefs of even my ancestors and my the women in my family. So I think I had started that unpacking work myself mm -hmm. and hadn't even consciously realized how much I had come back to myself as my own teacher. So there was that part that, as you said, I was 28 when I came into this path, uh, when I did teacher training, so maybe 25, 26. And yes, you know, um, as you know, because we knew each other when we were so little, I told my mom and dad when I was six that I was going to be a ballerina in the Australian ballet, and that's yeah. what I was going to do. So I was so focused. And then I had my 10-year career, 18 to 28. And I had practiced so many other spiritual traditions that... Um, I had a sense of myself and it really was the yoga and meditation that and closing my eyes and turning within after being a ballerina, looking at the external, my little fingers from oh, my chin um, was such a relief to my spirit, to my soul, to go within that it really was the practice that um, gave me so much strength and helped me trust my intuition. So I went to teacher training, Yogi Bhajan was there. He was very sick, he passed the year later. So he was very sick, he came to lecture. Um, so when I look back, I realized I kind of tolerated him. Mm -hmm. Like I, I had respect that he brought this um, yoga and this technology that helped me, yeah. that my anxiety was at a 10, whereas before it was an at a, uh, my anxiety was like at 10 percent whereas before it was at 90 percent I suddenly didn't have insomnia anymore when I practiced every day so yoga the yoga and meditation changed me in a way that I it was very real and practical in my life and so as you said I didn't even though I didn't know if I was really allowed to not fully surrender to him or not fully become a Sikh, I just couldn't and didn't ever. Yeah. Um, I even, you know, became very close to Gurmukh. She was my mentor. She is a Sikh. Um, I then went on the path of becoming a, a teacher trainer, a trainer of teachers. I was the first one to not convert to Sikhism. I even married a Sikh. And so there were all of these things that okay, if this was my truth, I was willing to follow it, but it just wasn't. The whole lifestyle part was not interesting yeah. to me, was not my truth. I was a yogi. I wanted to meditate. I feel very universal mm. in my um, belief in God and a higher power that it just felt too narrow to me to go, I'm converting to a religion. Yeah. Um, so you're right in the sense that I had already been doing this practice kind of a bit rebelliously in my own way and getting disapproval from a lot of the powers that be and a lot of, um, I could see I was helping a lot of younger generation people and people that resonated with this <clears throat> yoga that also were like, do I have to become a Sikh and, you know, wear a turban to do this thing? Oh no, I'm allowed to just um, let it help me be a better human. Yeah. Wow. 
So I felt the gratitude that that was my place for just the regular person dealing with the stress of life, um, that I could be that bridge in their practice of yoga and meditation. So I almost feel like in these last 18 months, although I have gone through so much pain and the tears and feeling the betrayal that <clears throat> someone that had these women's trust could betray the trust. It's so, it, that's so hard for me to even comprehend. And I'm not saying that in a holier than thou way. I guess even me, you know, I've been a teacher for 18 years now and the students trust in me. Yeah. The most important thing that I hold the most serious thing that I hold. So it's so beyond my comprehension to betray that trust yeah. even a little bit, but then actually to cause harm. And the women that have come forward and hearing their stories is just heartbreaking because this was the person that they trusted so much we had a call i mentioned to you we had a call our community had a call just on sunday a couple of days ago and one of the women who came forward to tell her story she said such a great thing for us all to remember that you know when we're uncovering our own personal trauma and often collective trauma shame comes up so yeah. much you know she was saying how could i have let this happen how could I have been in this you know she's this amazingly smart powerful woman how could I have let this happen and she said her therapist said to her that's not your shame to carry mm. that's his shame so I I have had variations and versions of that of like at first you think oh if I have practiced this yoga and gotten benefit from it is that wrong? Is that bad? And then I have shared this yoga with other people and I've seen their benefit and their lives change for the better. So we so have to discern and do the uncomfortable work of, again, coming back to what is good and what is for me and what is not for me. Because we can so easily hold the shame and I know I definitely can. I think as women, we're so used to filling in the gap. And so then we take the shame and the responsibility for what this man did. Mm -hmm. No, that's not my, that's not mine to carry. It would be much easier. And I've thought this so many times in these last 18 months, if he was all good or all bad. And I think that's the disappointment of a lot of people. They thought, oh, so many of the other paths had fallen. And so they thought, oh, Kundalini is like the one pure path there. You know, you're ready for a downfall if you even think that, right? Um, because there's no pure one light, you know, path. But I think that the messiness of, as you said, the polarities of holding the light and the dark of any path is so painful but it's actually necessary because I have observed within myself the times when I want to do the black or white thing is when I'm not admitting, honoring the darkness and the light in myself. Mm -hmm. 
when I'm in a more traumatized reactive state, I want to say it's like this and only like this. It helps me feel safe, in control, certain. But when I'm in a more integrated state, I can hold the polarities of, say, in this situation, he helped so many people and he harmed these women so deeply and both are true. And that's a really uncomfortable polarity to hold. Yeah. And as we now know, it's, it's hundreds of people and it's men and women. I don't think the women were the receivers predominantly of sexual abuse, but there was a lot of physical, mental, and other forms of abuse that went on with him, which, you know, I, I had no idea about. And I haven't, I have not read um, White Bird in a Golden Cage, which was, I think it's the book that really, which came out last year, which really launched, um, or I, I suppose opened the doors mm -hmm. for many more people to come forward. And then since learning more, and, and I admitted to you in the beginning last year when I first um, heard these allegations, I myself went to this mental place of, oh, really? Like, an, like another person? And, and I thought, oh, not another person. And then, and then I was like, oh, not Yogi Bhajan. And then, and then I went to, oh, the women must have been putting themselves in a situation where that, that happened. And then I, I, I felt so ashamed of myself for thinking those thoughts because I was like, no, hang on, educate yourself and really figure out what's what happened here like listen to the people who are telling the stories then it's not it, you, you know five people don't just get together and make up a story you know and and when hundreds come forward from all around the world from different time periods and over decades right when i say time periods it and and then it's not just the first generation of people but then when he paired off got couples together and then they had children and then the kids were sent away and then those children were abused so you have a second generation of people coming forward it's it's like uh, you know I really I, I just want to say that I believe all the women in the stories I believe them you know it's it's um it's horrible it's horrible and I also thought about what is it you know what was it about yoga my practice which which I've also had for decades almost 30 years um and when I was first introduced to Kundalini Yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan, I'd already had a long-standing practice myself. So I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, and also he he wasn't alive anymore at that point. Um, it was a few years after he passed away, but I when I first went into my my very first Kundalini class. But I had already had a very established practice um, and was practicing Buddhist tantric. Uh, Vajrayana mm -hmm. and to come into the room and see not just the pictures of him but also the tankas on the wall I was like what hang on what is this what is what's what's wait he's Punjabi is he Punjabi is this a Punjab is this a Sikh practice what is this you know I really I was sort of questioning all these things because I was familiar with a lot of um in Eastern philosophy, Eastern practices, yoga practices, and, and also North Indian practices. So I was like, wow, like, oh, this is okay. And then I just kind of landed in a personal place of, I feel really good, whatever the combination of all of these things are, because of my own understanding of, of kirtan and mantra and yantra and mandala work and all of this, I was like, okay, I can feel the resonating experiences, the positive, what it's clearing out, what it's bringing up, what it's moving forward. But then there'd be 
times when I would notice other people who were really having nervous breakdowns, like really full on experiences. And I, and I often wondered, wow, like what, what's shifting, you know, cause you taught the technology does this, the technology does that it's, you know, all these things. But when I was reading through some of the, um, you know, articles and interviews with, with um, victims, they were talking about how some of the practices, especially early on, were in, and the extreme dieting that they were put on and, you know, the 3, 4 a.m., whatever, 5 a.m. cold showers, all this stuff, they were almost, it felt like um, they were being imbalanced in a sense to never reground, to actually become aware of the victims they were um, they had become themselves, you know, they had become victims in a way manipulated by him in a sense. And, and it was just, I thought, my God, like, is that what were people experiencing that around me, you know, 10 years ago, were they experiencing that around me and having a, a breakdown over it because they were actually realizing, internalizing and realizing things about their own, their own personal experience but were too afraid to say something you know and so it really it made me think about all those those people I just I, I'm like yeah I, I don't like I said before I believe everybody I don't think it's just a made-up thing I think it's really it's really full-on and I can only imagine as a person who was living during that time who didn't witness any of those things the denial that they must carry is like a whole other level of you know an experience right have you yeah, talked I about this I mean, yes, um, I've had times when I have been absolutely full of rage at some of the older generation for not being able to listen to these women and hear their stories. Because if you actually listen, all of their stories are the same. Yeah, yeah. You cannot, if you listen to eat at three or four, you would have to be in such cognitive dissonance to not be able to go, this was his pattern. This is yeah. what he did. So, and then I have other times where I'm in such deep compassion. I don't know what it feels, as I said, as you even said, you know, I was 28. I came into this. I went back to Australia. I had my yoga studio. I wasn't in, yeah. you know, those early days, as you said, even the people that were in it, so many of the people that were in it, so many of them are now going, oh my gosh, it was so cult-like, the getting up so early. So it seems like the people that were the closest around him in every way thought that they were being, thought that they were the most special, yeah, but were the ones that were being the most harmed. If you look at the people that um, learned the yoga and then left and went different places and they had to just do the practice and stand on their own two feet and build their lives. I used to say this even 10 years ago. I'm like, those people are different to the people that spent so much time close to him. And I thought it was like that kind of guru thing of like the people around Amma, the people around, like the people that kind of need to be like moth to the flame. They're like, heal me, heal me. And I want to be the most special one and the closest one. So often there's just a lot of chaos and drama around them. But now I understand, oh my gosh, these people around him were having to lie and hold so many secrets um, and then, as you said, the people that were out there that thought that they had this deep relationship with their spiritual teacher, 
didn't know what was going on. So, so often, I, I don't know what that feels like to have known someone that was deceiving you for 30, 40 years. And that was so kind to you. So yes, the what you have to do in your own brain to let that in, I have a lot of compassion because of course, in the community now, I would say that the deniers of abuse are much smaller. Even a, a year later, um, the percentage has just gotten smaller and smaller. Because as I said, if you actually read the stories of the women, and then if you come on the calls and hear them tell their story, you would have to be very um, disembodied to not believe every single word they are saying. Um, so there are the deniers, then there are the people that grew up in this community that experienced abuse, that are angry, then there are people that grew up in the community that only experienced the goodness and the trust, and they are angry, and then some of them still practice kundalini yoga and know the value of that. So there's just so many different experiences. As I said to you earlier, I, I think one of the ways that we can liken the pain and the mess of it too. It's like when a, a father or a grandfather has found out to have abused some of the children and not others. What is the first thing that happens is the ones that had the good relationship are calling the ones coming forward liars yeah. and not believing them because they're like, that's not my grandfather. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happened this last year of so much pain it's like a mini reflection of our world right yeah. of one side and the other side standing opposite each other telling the other that they're wrong and so just so much pain and so much as always with pain so much opportunity for growth I mean I think I've had the most honest I've always been pretty honest and truthful in my where I'm at um, and my path but I've definitely had the most honest vulnerable conversations with people in my community this last 18 month that have brought us together in lots of ways mm. um, and then there are others that either are denying the women that uh, don't talk to me right now or um, that don't want anything to do with kundalini yoga that also it's like so polarizing um, for everybody and any student that I've taught, any conversation that I've had, any time anyone's come and asked me for advice, really, and it's my own practice too, is what is true for you? That's all, that's all we know. Yeah. Like, what is true for you? Don't ever follow what someone else says. Trust your own experience. The challenge is when we go through abuse and trauma, we start to not trust that we can decide or choose wisely for ourselves so so much of our childhood trauma for everybody has come up in this last 18 months although that which is unhealed or you know so I just I really have so much compassion for everybody even though I am frustrated and I I, I find it hard to have compassion for the people that still don't believe the women that is a really hard sticky place for me and yet when I go zoom out a bit bigger 
can I understand how challenging it is when you've had a different experience? Yes. So how as a teacher, when you have people come to you and they're sharing that, you know, these things that happened, whether it's in an open forum in your community or one-on-one with you, and they still want to practice, how, what, what are you, how are you guiding them? I guess um, the question I'm trying to ask is, are they able to separate the experiences from, because we know that yoga is all transformative. It does help shift our awareness, get us off of medication or drugs or alcohol or toxic relationships or whatever it is. So we know that yoga can actually be an, a tremendous benefit. And that's what that's really what it was designed to. So we can this path of uh, self-realization, right? And this is the path. And are they able to separate that from feeling like maybe maybe Yogi Bhajan was the one that made me feel good? Can they separate this? And how are you helping those people? Because I would imagine it can get really muddy. It can get sort of like, well, initially I felt really good, but then this happened. And then they just hate yoga and hate all of it and never want to have anything to do with it ever again. Absolutely. And that is is definitely a response that is happening. Um, I have always known that I can study and I can learn and I can um, recite scriptures, but the most powerful way I can teach is from my experience and from my integrity. And maybe because I have gone through so many different times of loss and betrayal in my life, or maybe this partly this universal um, feeling of yoga that I have, um, I never thought that Kundalini yoga was the only thing that could heal people. So I have always still practiced Iyengar yoga and done Vipassana meditation and had other tools. So maybe because I never said to anybody or believed myself, this is the way and the only way, maybe then my reaction is not as strong um, because I already knew it was a tool. I think this might help too. Um, when I went through my divorce, I was about to go to Bali to, to lead this training and my ex did all of these things and it was just such a painful time and I had to delay my trip and get another teacher to go for the first week to open the training and then I went later. Anyway, long story short, I, I got there and I was so, I felt so broken, like I just felt like I was on my stomach and I'd been like a steam train had run over me. And then to show up and sit in front of all of these students when I felt like I didn't have anything um, to share, certainly anything wise to share, I felt like decimated. At the end of that first day, I ended it with a sharing circle after we had practiced and, and done a few things. And everyone shared so honestly and, I didn't even have the strength then. It was the first time as a teacher that I cried, obviously hearing other people's stories. I just didn't have the strength of being able to hold that armor um, at that time. And I remember walking back to my room after that. And the thought that came was, oh, I've chosen Kundalini Yoga right now. 
but it doesn't really matter what path, what practice. It's any spiritual practice that connects you to yourself, that brings you home to yourself. And then my gift is that I hold this space for people to tell the truth. And so many of them said, this is the first time that I'm ever saying this out loud. So it was such a humbling experience to me, but it was such a powerful, liberating experience of this is a tool. Kundalini yoga and meditation is a tool that I'm using personally in my life right now. And I'm sharing with other people that it doesn't matter what it is. It can be anything that brings you home to yourself, that helps you tell the truth, that helps you live more in alignment with your own integrity. So again, maybe because I'd had that experience also. Um, so I help students and people that come to me and my, my peers, what, what's true for you? Yeah. What were you doing because you thought you should? How were you living because you thought this is the path? And what works for you? Closing my eyes, going within, chanting mantra, vibrating universal consciousness, moving my body, breathing really helps me come back into myself when I feel a bit dissociated, when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel chaotic, I feel more grounded and more myself when I finish my practice. Yeah. You could try and convince me that that's not happening, but I know it for sure. Mm -hmm. So what is it I say to them? Like, what is your experience? I have no agenda in you practicing Kundalini yoga. There's so many, go and do hot yoga, go and do um, Buddhist meditation, go do whatever it is that brings you back to you. But also don't let one man's falling take away. If this is what, if this is your practice, don't let the human mistakes of this man take yoga and union with yourself and your soul. Don't let one man take that away from you. That is not okay. But Kundalini Yoga may not be your path or it may be your path. But we have to all grow up and mature enough to go, what works for me? And I need to become the authority of that. And that was painful for me when one of my friends was looking at me and saying, if you practice, if you teach, then you're perpetuating abuse. I had to really... Wow. it with that and go am I and then the people that say well if you admit that these things happen like you know you're a whatever you know you're not dedicated to kundalini yoga so like they're both the polarities are coming at me it's up to me to discern there isn't one path there isn't one way as we've said you can count all of the these male leaders that have fallen Okay, can we do the reckoning that that's not working anymore, the guru worship? <laughs> Are we waking up to that? I had so many times in this last year where I was like, did it have to be this painful? Couldn't he have just erred a tiny little bit? And like, I guess the answer is no, because maybe we wouldn't have woken up to go, oh, stop putting people on pedestals, stop idolizing teachers and people that they know something that you don't learn listen help let teachers remind you of who you are and come back to your self and your power yeah. and use whatever tools work for you that's that's all that's all i know
Well, I want to ask you something that I'd said in the beginning, if you're okay with before I was recording. I think it might, I think it might be helpful for listeners to understand that where you're coming from in this place of compassion and with an open heart. So you have you've had a, an experience with somebody you were married to who grew up in this community very much. So he grew up, your ex-husband was the product of Kundalini parents and was raised at Yogi Bhajan's school in India. He himself exhibits those, those personality traits of, a, of an abuser, which is why you're no longer married to him. So if you, are you okay sharing a little bit about this? It can, sharing that can enlighten listeners on how you landed in this place of compassion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really, these last 18 months have had one of those experiences where I can look back on so much of the pain that I've gone through and it's helped me actually in these last 18 months. When I heard some of um, the men who are now men that were boys that got sent to India with my ex, their pain, one of them said, oh, I've had to learn how to hug my daughters and be have regular human affection and contact and tears were streaming down his face so they had to shut off their humanity in many ways to be these spiritual soldiers if you Mm. like Um, and they were sent away from their caregivers and their family and some as young as two so yeah that I can't even imagine that as a mother sending my, right. my children right. on those- the other side of the world and some of those people didn't even see their kids for years because they couldn't afford to either fly there or bring fly Absolutely. the kids back I mean Absolutely. even when I heard some of these stories eight nine years ago before I we really knew all of these stories I remember thinking oh no wonder I wasn't in those times like I couldn't have done that like I couldn't have given my power over But who knows, right? If you're in the situation and you're trusting this teacher so much. Um, Yeah, so to answer your question, it's true. I have had to do so much of my own healing. Um, You know, I just was sharing with a friend yesterday, hearing the men, now men, that were boys, that grew up in this community. And many of them, as I said to you, are doing such amazing, honest reckoning and work and then some aren't. And so they're perpetuating the abuse, right? And that's what I experienced. What's that quote? Hurt people, hurt people. Um, That those kids had such hardship and were asked to be grown-ups at such a young age. And many of them will say that their boarding school was like Lord of the Flies, you know, they were just trying to survive. And so, they deserve so much um, compassion and understanding. They didn't choose it, right? Like their parents chose to, for them to be part of this community and, and, and life. So you're right in the way that all of the pain and betrayal and shock that I'd had to go through already. But yeah, so having to go through that mental, emotional, and a lot of abuse, um, it prepared me in a lot of ways for these this these last 18 months. I wouldn't really wish it upon anybody, but it actually um, gave me a lot of understanding and insight um, 
you, you, I don't really want to say that I'm, I was further along, but I somehow um, had experienced a lot of this horror and betrayal personally myself um, before I had to start digesting these contradictions with Yogi Bhajan and Kundalini Yoga and the good and the bad and the beauty and the horror um, that all of us have been really sitting with and dealing with. But as I said to you earlier, the, the only reckoning I can do is what is true for me, what is real for me, what experience do I have when I practice, when I sit with the purity of my own breath and experiencing yoga and meditation and pranayama, I know what it gives me without any of the dogma or any of the... Um, giving, handing my power over, if I'm just using it as a returning to my power, returning to home, helping me be a more uh, fully embodied, compassionate human being. This is what has been working for me for the last 20 years, as has Iyengar yoga, Vipassana meditation, hot yoga every now and again. So as has many different tools and many different paths. And I can know that for sure. That was really beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Are there any, I mean, is there a, a community or a, a help, a group um, that if people listening to this want to get involved in, uh, have their own personal stories they want to share or just be supportive in some way, is there a place they can go to join? There's a really amazing support group on Facebook. If you have your own stories, it's called Beyond the Cage. Mm. Okay. Um, so it's on Facebook and it's called Beyond the Cage and it's a private group that you can ask to join definitely very deep and powerful and painful stories but um, it's yeah it's that would be the place to go for extra support if you'd like to find out more information about Satsiri and join in any support groups you can visit her website at satsiriyoga.com and that is spelled satsiri, S-A-T-S-I-R-I yoga.com. And Satsiri also uh, is going to share with us uh, some additional places that you can find support. You can also find me on Instagram just at satsiri, S-A-T-S-I-R-I. And most of my offerings my coaching and everything is there in my bio. You know, I'm focusing a lot on coaching and stuff now. Thank you for your honesty and for your truth. My pleasure. It's so nice to do it with you, my dear old friend. <laughs> it looks the same as when I met you when you were six or seven. <laughs> so do you. You look exactly the same. My pleasure. Thank you, Tatiana. Mm. Lots of love to you. Lots of love to you too. Thank you.